Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome in Center Court Winner's Circle Network. Mac McDonald with Ralph Sampson. Uh, this is going to be a fun week, fun, uh, fun interview with Kenny Brooks, who has been coaching for a long, long time, Ralph, and I think every season is just successful for him. I don't think he's ever had a bad year. Do you? Uh, maybe in high school somewhere he might have had a bad year, but I don't know. Being from the Shenandoah Valley in the Valley League and, and one of the Valley League's best players uh, over his career. But, Mac, the whole thing is that when Lucha was talking about that, you know, I coached at JMU with Lethe Dizelle, and Kenny came after me. So I, I should have stayed at JMU. Maybe I had a coaching career he had. I don't know. But uh, he, he's a great guy. He's a really good guy. Yeah, I mean, he's done so – so much at JMU and then of course at Virginia Tech and now they're coming off this successful run eight or nine records that he that he set he got him a fifth seed in the women's tournament I mean Kenny has just been so inspirational to and he's recruiting kids now that can flat out play and they want to come to Virginia Tech and play for him I mean that's a stress to go to Virginia Tech and play down in Blacksburg at, at that arena, which they need to renovate and all that kind of stuff as well. But I mean, I, my 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 best visit was at Virginia Tech when I came out of uh, high school. But he's done a phenomenal job at, at at anywhere he's been from starting at JMU, building a foundation and a structure for kids to come play, and now at Virginia Tech and ACC, he's one of the best teams in the country. You know, Ralph, if I transition to a little women's basketball news for you, um, I just was looking this up this week, and I know. We've talked about Gino Oriema. We've got to get him on in the UConn program. This past week, Paige Becker's returned. I think she missed 19 games, and she has become just the, the face of name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for this? She's got three endorsements, including Gatorade. And they say that she is a couple of endorsements away from a million dollars a year. I believe it. I believe it. Is, I mean, isn't it great? Can you believe that? I, I, I do believe it as the uh, stuff goes. I mean, there's a couple of young ladies out there that I've been watching. You know, Don Staley, a uh, UVA uh, graduate, you know, the number one team, women's team in the country. Right. Uh, and they may have one of the players of the year, but there's another young lady out there in Iowa um, that can shoot the ball like Steph Curry, and uh, she's doing really well. And then there's another one I saw, you know, a couple of days ago that's a pretty big girl that's that's maybe a buy for the player year as well, but all of them are buying for this name, image, and likeness dollars. So one endorsement away from a million dollars. I mean, she's she gonna make more max. She's gonna make more money with that endorsement than she was making the WNBA. Yeah, it's uh, the 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 Forbes magazine and the article that I read in the the website, the Athletic, just talks about twenty percent of the top one hundred college athletes are women. So only twenty percent. Wow. Wow. That are that are making an impact with this name, image, and likeness. Now, one of the interviews with Gino Oriema was, 
you know, we've really got to watch this closely. But you know what Paige Beckers did? She, so she has an endorsement deal with this place called Sport X. Apparently, it's a shoe merchandise wow. retailer. She got shoes for the entire team. And she's wow. also yeah. establishing an initiative. Now, you're going to love this. Establishing initiative to make sure that Black female players are not overlooked when it comes to name image likeness and being able to showcase their talents on social media. She wants to establish that initiative, her head, her heart. Now I'm going to quote Mark Blucas, her head, her heart, yeah, and her gut yeah. is all in the right place. So I just thought it was an amazing story, but you know, you got guys like Kenny Brooks, you know, dealing with women's basketball and look what, you know, it has really changed. It has absolutely changed in landscape. Well, I mean, Mike, you know, the, the soccer world has changed now. Mm -hmm. Women's soccer, women's basketball is going to change as well. I mean, the world is changing in regards of what everybody thinks about it. It's changing. There's no, it's not going to be a black-white thing. It's not going to be, a, right. it's not going to be a cultural thing. It's just going to be people. And I think that uh, this everything going on around the world is going to start to gravitate to that where we're all going to be at peace and enjoy. And, you know, if you work hard, you win. That's the way, what it's really all about. Former JMU coach, now at Virginia Tech, Kenny Brooks, our guest when we come back. And this is the Winter Circle Network. And this is Center Court with Ralph Sampson. We'll be right back. A bold new experience is coming to Charlottesville. Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson is opening the American Tap Room. It's an upscale sports bar brought to you by the basketball legend himself. Ralph Sampson's American Tap Room has been built in the spirit of competition with everything from burgers and wings to premium steaks and seafood. The Tap Room also features a special Ralph's House IPA made by the Three Knots Brewing Company. With a grand opening just a couple weeks away, now is your chance to join Ralph's team and get in on the ground floor of the American Tap Room launch. Whether you're traveling for the game and looking for that special pregame meal or meeting that important client, Ralph's American Tap Room is in a terrific location in Barracks Road off of Emmett Street. Discover Hall of Fame greatness. Log on to americantaproom.com. And uh, it took a little while for us to really, you know, get our philosophy in place and uh, just trying to really change the culture, uh, Virginia Tech women's basketball, and that takes time. And so we went through years, a few years of just heartache or just trying to you know, implement our philosophy, our system and whatnot. And we felt like this was a year that we were going to be able to reap the benefits of our labor. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uplift, empower, educate. Today on Center Court, a very special guest. And so, Ralph, I'm going to let you do the honors and introduce the one, the only Kenny Brooks. Well, no, I mean, it's a privilege. Uh, you know, he's he's got a uh, a great wife and kids and all that. We'll say hello to them first. But uh, first and foremost, you know, one of those uh, Virginia native products, you know what I'm saying? So we, we, we have some good, great athletes from the state of Virginia, especially in the Shenandoah Valley and from Waynesboro, Little Giants. You know, Mike was asking me, did we play against each other earlier on? I said, no, we might play in high school because we had uh, – uh, Lambiots and that you played against all those folks up there, but uh, we had some some good good robberies going to Waynesboro High School and playing up there in the in the Valley Conference. So anyway, welcome Kenny Brooks. What's going on? How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Ralph. Uh, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's an honor. You know, obviously followed you for a long time, long time. 
Uh, he's somebody that we looked up to and paved the way for a lot of us, you know, to understand that, you know, you can be big time coming from the Shenandoah Valley. And uh, so, you know, our friendship has, has grown over the years, mutual. You, you know my wife for a long time. She says hello, by the way. I probably get in trouble if I didn't say <laughs> Yeah, that. no, we got it. We got it. I, I got that out of the way early. So yeah, we get that out of the way because she would get on both of us for sure. Exactly. But no, I really appreciate it, Mac. You've been a friend of mine for a long time. And mm -hmm. I still remember the conversations we've had, you know, over the past when we did some interviews. And uh, I always associate you with having an interview while we were going through uh, Selection Monday. Uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing, having me on. A uh, little, little story real quick. I have to fill big shoes with Ralph. My very first coaching job uh, was with Lefty Giselle. And the office that I had was the one that Ralph had the year before. Oh, wow. When I walked in, when I walked into the office, uh, the desks were on, they were on like cinder block. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had to fill some big shoes right away. So uh, I know there's a, a difference in age. Did you ever like play against Ralph in a pickup game or see him at no. the Y or anything? No, I, I have not. Uh, the first time I ever saw Ralph, I remember, uh, you know, high school basketball in the Valley was huge. And, you know, yep. obviously Ralph was, you know, uh, best player in the country and he was the buzz and they were coming into town and, I remember walking uh, into Waynesboro High School, little uh, the gym, and I, I can't remember how old I was, but I know I was probably middle school, elementary school, and I just remember seeing this big number 50, and I just stopped me dead in my tracks. And, and from that point on, you know, it, it was such great basketball. It's all I wanted to do was be a little giant play mm -hmm. against Harrisonburg and play against, you know, Robert E. Lee. Uh, and, you know, but he set the precedent and then obviously he went on, you know, to play uh, in the NBA. And, uh, and so that was about the time when I was good enough to start playing on the streets or in the park and whatnot, but I never had a chance to play pickup with him. So Mac, Mac, the, the difference is back then we would play I and mean, we would go to Waynesboro and play, we would go to Stanton and play and pick up in the summer. I mean, we would go to Lou Ray and play. They come to Harris. I mean, there was a gym mm -hmm. on every street block. I mean, Sam school was a historic African-American school in the back in the day, where we would play in a small gym. My mom, my mother played in this gym, right? Uh, so it's still, it's still exists. They took the basket down, but it's different today because we, we wanted to play all the time. And you played on the street, you played in the gym, but we would come to Waynesboro and play. Kid, I know you remember those days. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was a little kid on the sidelines, just dreaming and wishing and hoping one day I could get on the court uh, with, with such players like that. And then, you know, it just, we just passed it on down. And the Valley District has produced, you know, tremendous basketball players throughout, you know, throughout the history. And uh, it's just fun to be a part of it. And I'm glad I was able to do my part. History, history of the Valley League, because, you know, from, from Kenny and myself to the Waynesboro guys, even Lexington to, 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 to Lou Ray, you had somebody that could play college basketball on every team at some point. Absolutely. I'm making a note, documentary subject. So yeah, that's, exactly, uh, exactly. That, that would be great. Yeah. Kenny, who was your, so you're growing up in this, in this valley rich in environment, who was your biggest influence then? What made you the the player and, and the coach that you are? Well, I mean, obviously there was so much talent all around, you know, like, like Ralph mentioned, the Lambiot brothers up in, uh, yep. uh, uh, obviously Pee Wee Barber, uh, Todd Dunnings, Kevin Madden. Uh, yep. Wow. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they were tremendous. You know, and I, I got, I was kind of like the bridge, you know, Ralph played, Pee Wee played, then there was Kevin Madden. I got to go against Kevin Madden. Uh, and then some of the younger players behind me, Corey Alexander, you know, he, yeah. he Corey's my cousin. And he, uh, the year I graduated from Waynesboro High School, he stepped in the next year and was a point guard on that team. So 
uh, tremendous talent. And, and like Ralph mentioned, the Valley District games were, were great, but the street ball, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, the park would be packed. At a young age, I had people who believed in me and they threw me out there. And they threw me out there, I'm 14 years old or whatever. They're like, you better shoot it. You know, they'd knock me down, stand over top of me. And, you know, that's the way we grew up. And that's the way we played. And that's how we, you know, we learned not, not only basketball, we, we learned life lessons, you know, yeah. and how you had to be tough and go out there and persevere through, you know, just adversity. And, uh, you know, something that our kids really aren't getting today uh, through those through those lessons. Well, man, I, I tell everybody all the time, and I was doing this when I was in Richmond and coaching there, there were better players on the street Absolutely. than there was in college <laughs> that either somehow or another didn't have the opportunity or chance or went wrong, the, the wrong way, right? But I, I've seen that time and time again when I lived in Richmond, but also reflect back to my Valley District days. I'm sure, Kenny, you remember players that were like crazy good, but then yeah. didn't play, didn't come to practice, didn't do something right. And you don't have that today. You don't have the camaraderie that we had and Mac, we talk about this all the time, right? In University Hall, having that camaraderie of players in one building. Mm. And can you know you 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 down there, lovely the opposing school Virginia Tech, which is okay. <laughs> I, I I forgive you, but uh, you know you have that you're on your own island. You don't mix and mingle with maybe the other 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 players, other other sports. But in the Valley League, we did that every day. Yeah, and I, I tell you, Mac, it, it was there. There are so many players on the street that were better than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they just like Ralph said, they just, you know, for whatever reason, you know, took a wrong path or it didn't do the things they needed to do. But inspiration for me was people like Ralph, you know, yeah. people like Dale Curry, uh, yeah. people who were so talented and got out and did wonderful things beyond high school, beyond the, the, the realm of the community and where they were living. And they got out on a national stage. And for me, that was always inspiration. I wasn't the best. I was one of them, but I wasn't the best. Uh, but what I knew is I had, I had a strong backing from my family uh, who encouraged me and I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to go out and, you know, so I had those opportunities. I had those bad opportunities with opportunity. They're good opportunities and they're bad opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I decided that, you know, I didn't care how glamorous it was at the moment. I was not going to go down that wrong street because I wanted to be like a Ralph Sampson. I wanted to be like a Del Curry and somebody that could make a big difference and, and really live out my dream. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to have strong people behind me. My high school coach, Larry Leonard, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, he took a liking in me. I have no idea why. And, <laughs> you know, my my grades were up and down and he he would send me to basketball camps and yeah. he would pay for them. And he would tell me, come over here and cut my grass and I'll, and I'll pay for you to go to camp. His grass was about this big. It took me all three minutes. <laughs> and, you know, but the people, people like that, you know, who stood behind me really got me and pushed me forward and put me in a position where I am today. So when did the coaching light turn on? You know what? Uh, my mom and my dad, they will laugh and they will joke because I had, a, I had a board game. And it was not electronic. It was a board game. And it was all about strategy. And Ralph, Ralph was on this. It was college teams, Kenny Smith, Brad Dartery. Uh, Dale Curry, all these teams, you could put them on a board and you have to roll the dice and it would tell you what would happen and you'd have to strategize with it. I got so enamored with this game my sophomore year that my grades took a tumble. I mean, a tumble. I'm talking about like, I mean, tumble. I didn't know if I was going to be eligible. And my coach, Larry Leonard, you know, he, he helped me and he put me in the right classes. I could make up some of these things. 
but the coaching bug was in me. I was always interested in the strategy part of it. You know, I look at the game differently. It's not just the dunk. It's like, okay, the execution part of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's what really drew me to women's basketball. Uh, You know, when I was in college, we would leave practice and all my boys would go and they were going to hang out, but I'd watch the women practice because, because of the, the camaraderie, but the execution, the game, the way the game was played, I just really enjoyed it. It was really the, the coaching aspect of it, but um, it's been in my blood. You know, it's been in my blood for a long time. Just the just the statistics. The uh, my wife Chrissy, I used to start playing the little Sega game. You know, NBA. Yeah, like Sega NBA, Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Sega Genesis, and uh, and I would keep stats. Like it wasn't like it is today, where they keep <laughs> all your stats. I'd have to stop after every quarter. Well, you know. Michael Jordan scored this, Ralph Sampson scored that. And my wife would file it for me. You know, she was yeah. a girlfriend at the time, but I think that's what really, you know, propelled me into the coaching part of it. And then, you know, when, when Ralph decided he was going in a different direction with coaching, Lefty called me and uh, my interview is the only interview I've ever had before I got the Virginia Tech job. And he said, Kenny, I said, yes, sir. He said, you want to coach? I said, yes. He said, <laughs> he said, Be here Monday. And that was my interview. I don't believe in quick fixes. I don't believe in sacrificing integrity for a quick fix. You know, we're going to do things the right way. We're going to start from the ground up. Uh, And everything that's happened, we're going to build upon that, but we're going to put our finishing touches on it. They're going to sacrifice for the betterment of the team. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back, Center Court Winter Circle Network, brought to you in part by Ralph Sampson's American Tap Room. Kenny Brooks is our guest, and Kenny, uh, just you know, doing an outstanding job. We've said that a couple of times already, but Ralph, think about these numbers now. The 11-year stretch before he goes to Blacksburg, okay, he never won fewer than 24 games, and during that stretch, his teams at JMU averaged 26.3 wins per year. Now that's some coaching. So Kenny, I don't know if it was all the all the board games you were playing, but come on, those are pretty special numbers. What, what I found out about those those games is you better have some really good players, <laughs> and I've been fortunate mm. uh, to really have some great players, kids who uh, who are willing to put in the work, you know, dedicated to team, but also trying to get better. And that's how we've been able to go out and compete. Uh, and so I've been I've been blessed. I'm extremely blessed. And uh, I've had a great career with, you know, lots of wonderful people really pushing me and putting me in this position. But, Mac, think about it. He, he did that at JMU mm-hmm. in the Convocation Center, which was an okay gym, and now they got this $100 million gym. I mean, JMU is a great school, but you can do that at JMU, which is somewhat hard to do. But, obviously, you had great recruiting and great coaching, and every year you were winning games, and – most of the time you were better than the men's team and had maybe more crowd than the men's team. Is that correct? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny when you would take pictures of the convocation center and it was packed. Yeah. So, sometimes they were actually using the, the men were using the pictures and I look over on the side and it would be us on the sidelines. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, so uh, the convocation center, you know, it, wonderful, wonderful facility for women's basketball. I mean, the, the band right on top of you, the, the crowd was electric. Uh, it really reminded me of the times when we played when Lefty first got to uh, to mm-hmm. JMU. You know, just the electricity in the, in the gym. I have not been to the new facility. Uh, kind of boycotting it because they wouldn't, <laughs> they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't build it while I was there. Right, so right, 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 right. I'm not going to see it. But, uh, it, no, the Convocation Center was awesome for women's basketball. And 
you know, we did our part. We, we got some, some terrific players in there, the Tamara Youngs of the world, the Dawn Evans, and played, yeah. a, brand, played a brand that really brought the community together. Uh, Ralph's mom, huge fan of ours. I'd always yeah, love, yeah, yeah. you know, when she would come to the games, uh, her and her crew, uh, very special to me. That, that, was, that was my connection to the African-American community and, you know, just to bring them out and, and the support they gave to us in Harrisonburg was unbelievable. Don Evans could play a little bit, couldn't you? She was all right. Uh, <laughs> you know what? And, and it's a tremendous honor. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got informed that they were going to induct me into the JMU Hall of Fame, oh, along along with Don Evans. We're going in together. You know, so oh, uh, that that's kind of it's kind of awesome. You know, and you reflect back on it when I recruited her. When I was in her home. You know, to think that we would be going into the Hall of Fame on the same day. Uh, it, it's oh, like that's a story, great. Storybook, yeah, storybook. Uh, uh, tale and uh, maybe i'll write a book about that one day absolutely so with both of you right here i have to ask what did you guys learn from lefty drizel from the bench to the locker room to the lunch table when i when i played for him i thought he was crazy (laughs) i mean lunatic lunatic and you know over the years and when he when he hired me and i got to be behind the scenes with him I understood why he was doing the things that he did. And I think it's a misnomer that, you know, the man is, you know, he doesn't care. He cares about his people more than you can ever imagine. I mean, more you can imagine. And, and he's a genius. He's not scared to step outside the box to be different. Mm -hmm. And he knew he had to be that way in order for him to compete against North Carolina's, the Virginia's and everyone else. And, and all my stops, I've been an underdog. You know, I've been at James Madison where we're trying to we're trying to fight UVA. We're trying to fight Virginia Tech. I've been to VMI where we had to fight everybody. I had to keep people there. And uh, and even being here at Virginia Tech where, you know, we're going up against Mac. We play against we play against kids, uh, teams that have like five and six McDonald's All-Americans on their team. and We have none. And what is what he taught me was that get the right kind of kids, build them up and think outside the box when you're recruiting. Mm-hmm. And I find myself now being more like him than I ever. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something to say. Yeah. It's kind of like parenting. You know, when you grow up, you think your parents are crazy. Why do I have to take out the trash? Why do I have to clean my room? And then when you become a parent, it's really important to take, important. Your kids to take out the trash, yep, 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 yep. clean up your room. And, I, and, that, and that's exactly the way I coach. I see so many, so many things in myself that he did to us. And I, I've been fortunate enough. I was able to do the, uh, he had a 90th birthday party Zoom. Mm-hmm. And there were so many of his former players on there. Adrian Branch, uh, Buck Williams, uh, Scott Van Pelt was on there. Coach K was on there. And I got to I got to thank him, you know, on behalf of JMU and what he's done on that Zoom. And it was the first time I got a chance to tell him that I loved him. And that wow. I appreciated everything that he's ever done for me because I am who I am as a coach largely because of him and the way that he showed me how to to coach but he also showed me how to be a man and you know take ownership you know go through some adversity because lord knows he put me through a lot of adversity (laughs) so so but i learned so much from him i owe him so much and I tell you, I tell you, I don't know when the last time you guys talked to him, but he's still sharp as a tack. Yeah, yeah, his mindset is still sharp. He can't get he's, around physically, but his mind is right. We had him on the show not, uh, this year, but uh, okay. but 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 I'll, I'll, I'll inject with that because when I coached for him, you know, it was a he was a part time assistant. He only made like fifteen thousand dollars for the year. He didn't make much money. Okay, great, but you know, 
you with a overtime assistant, basically with Lefty, because you he, he left Mac. Okay, he left, as you know, no stone unturned when it came yeah. to recruiting. I mean, we we had uh, top ten guys come to JMU because he thought he could recruit them there, and he would let me pick them up. I had one of my car at a Porsche there at that point in time in Harrisonburg. Ralph, go pick your go pick the kid up in your car at the airport. Okay, great. I'd go pick them up, bring them right around, and we would we would recruit those kids. We got a few of them. Yeah. But, you know, but he left no stone unturned when he came to crew. That's what I learned the most about left. And, yeah, the desk story, like, like you know, you could be comfortable. But then he would get mad because they had to hire a desk, right? And then all the players would come to the desk because you could raise up. They come to your office. They don't come to say, coach. They don't, they're not going to come to you. You're the head coach. Right. <laughs> they bring me all their issues. They're not going right. to fix it before I give them to you. But he, he, he's the best ever for sure. And yeah. maybe the younger student athletes now also don't understand because when I get to – Virginia in the 80s and now all of a sudden I discover the relationship between Terry Holland and Lefty and how right. how how great that relationship was the fact that he coached Terry at Davidson and then that I mean that was a you know the two of them just they love to talk basketball but they love to talk family yeah he's a big family man I mean yeah. he taught me how to incorporate family into this business because there's a lot of times you want to separate it uh he coached his son Chuck Drizell I've been able to coach my daughters, Kendall and Chloe. And um, he taught me how to, you know, really incorporate them. And his wife, bless her, uh, rest in yes, peace. Yes, yeah, yeah. uh, Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe one of the best ever at being a coach's wife. The support, uh, he would yell at me and he would get on my butt and I'd look at him with fire in my eyes. I couldn't stand him. <laughs> and, you know, and she was always there and come over and give me a big hug. And it was like, it just made everything okay. And, uh, and my wife does a lot of the same, you know, with our girls, with the team that we have. And uh, un- unbelievable, man. And he's taught me so much. And one thing people don't know, he's probably the funniest human being on earth. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, oh he's, yeah. he's hilarious. If you sit in meetings <laughs> with him, he's hilarious. And, uh, and, and, just, and he laughs at his own jokes. He does. And that makes you laugh at him. Even yeah, more exactly. Because the joke good. might be stupid, but he will laugh at his own joke. <laughs> That's for sure. Was Lefty always a foot stomper? Oh, yeah. It got to the point where when I first started playing for him, he would stomp that foot, and I'd look over, and he would say, Kenny, and he'd <laughs> over in front of 6,000 6, people, and he would rip me, and he would be going at me, and yada, 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 and probably by my sophomore year, I learned. He would do that foot stomp, and he would say, Kenny, and he'd do like this, and he would say, Kenny, and I wouldn't look, and, the, and my teammates would be like, coach is calling you, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> I, I hear that footstop. His footstop was as powerful as Roger Berge's. You know, who was oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Him, him and Roger Berge, uh, the footstops, you know, yeah. they would get your attention. I don't care how many people are in the gym. It, it, would, get your, it would get your attention. Yeah, but, but Lefty would do that. And then I'm sure as a guard, we had a couple of guards over there. They wouldn't look at Lefty. They would look at yeah. the assistant coach like, hey, what do we do now? Because coach is yeah. going off. And we got to run, run this play over here. Exactly. Like, we, we can't pay attention to the coach. Go, I got the ball and I need to know what I'm doing. So exactly. we, we, I, I've been through that with him from coaching standpoint. But yeah. definitely uh, hilarious. That's that's, that's great and, stuff. And, and the last thing about Lefty, he mm. was not a good – he was not really good at math. You know, you could be no. down nine and he would say yeah. – what are we down? Seven, eleven. <laughs> <Right. laughs> when you go to school there and you coach there for you know over eighteen years, it's going to take something extremely special to pull you away. I've had opportunities, many opportunities, to go elsewhere, Power Five schools, and I didn't even look at them because Madison was so special, and I knew it was going to take something extremely special uh, to pull me away.
You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back, Center Court Winter Circle Network, brought to you in part by Ralph Sampson's American Tap Room. And Ralph, just think about this. Kenny Brooks takes the Virginia Tech job in March of 2016. I think that's right. All he does that fall and winter, his first season, is reel off 15 straight wins. Kenny, I know it was the first year, but time to ask for a new contract, right? I, I, I tell you what, it was so funny. We were uh, we started off 15. Uh, I think we were ranked 15th in the country. And uh, we went down to Miami and played. Ironically, we played Miami last night, but we went to Miami and played. And the, the head coach, Katie Meyer, she walked up to me. And she said, hey, buddy, you better slow down. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, they're going to start expecting you to be undefeated all the time. <laughs> and it almost seemed like as soon as she said that, it went bam and reality sunk in. But, um, you know, it, it, it was a whirlwind. Uh, for me, it was a blur because I, I, I'm family. I'm all about family. And uh, it was the first time that I'd ever been away from my family because my wife and my two youngest daughters, they went back to Harrisonburg so that, yeah. uh, so yeah, that my, cool. my middle child could finish. Uh, playing basketball at Spotswood High School. But those hard times make you really enjoy the good times that are going on mm-hmm. right now because of all the hard work that you had to, to endure just to get to this point. And, I'm like, I, and I know I reflect back on, on, on that season, but also we have spoken about, okay, Mac, we could have had him at UVA winning right now, right? And then they didn't make that call, right? They didn't make that adjustment at that point in time. So it goes to the rival school when look back and I've been to one or two of the UVA women's basketball games uh, since the new tenure. And it's totally different from what Kenny preaches and teaches from what I can just tell. I don't know the inner workings, but that was a transition for you going from GMU because you had built a program. Now you got to go build another program and you start 15 and 0, but not with your recruits. Right, right. And, and, and you know, it, it's hard. It, it really is. And uh, these were kids that I did not recruit. There were a lot yeah. of kids on the team that I passed over when I was at James Madison. Wow. And then, when, and then when I came here, I remember the first time watching them play pickup and I had just left uh, a first round WNBA draft. at James Madison. And then the next year was going to be another draft pick. And I left that to come and the talent pool was, was not uh, on par that what it was to James Madison. And I remember thinking to myself, uh-oh, what did I get myself into? Yeah. And then, then you have to go. And then, then it's hard because you, you're trying to sell kids on a vision, okay, not what's reality. And my very first recruit here, we just celebrated her last night. She became the all-time leading scorer in Virginia Tech history. Uh, she became the all-time leading three-point maker in ACC history uh, this past year. And she was my first recruit. And I sold her on a vision. This is what we're going to be. This is, and then I'm still battling all these players. I have another kid who uh, we recruited her. Uh, Ralph, I don't know if you know her father, but her father's name is Ralph Kitley. He played at uh, yeah, Wake Forest. Yeah. Wake Forest, yeah, I, yeah. So I have, I have his daughter. And, uh, you know, we got her and she, uh, she became the rookie of the year, her first year in the ACC. And this year she's poised to win player of the year in the ACC. Wow, wow, wow. And, and, it, and it's because of hard work. And so while I'm going against all these other programs who are getting McDonald's All-Americans, I like to say we're getting five guys All-Americans. Right, right, right. <laughs> right five, the five guys, they cook your hamburger right in front yeah, of exactly. you. Exactly, right the way you want it. We, yeah. we have to make our kids. We have to make uh, them what we want right? them to be. And, and when the product is finished, 
a Five Guys hamburger is a lot better than a McDonald's hamburger. So yeah, that, yeah. That's, but, that's but, but a Five Guys hamburger is real meat. It's really that's oh, not processed. It's, it's real, real padded out. And it's real potatoes and everything like that, right? There, so there you good. go. Kenny, what is your vision for the Virginia Tech program? And what is your philosophy as far as recruiting to Blacksburg? The philosophy is we, we really look at kids who are not a finished product. Uh, kids that we see potential potential to grow. And uh, as the kids I mentioned before, we knew that they were going to be, uh, you know, great players. Maybe they weren't, you know, as as poised at the moment to be an All-American, but we knew that with hard work, they're going to be that way. They weren't as polished, but they're going to be polished. And then we really, I changed my recruiting philosophy my second year here. And we went with highly skilled, high basketball IQ kids. And now we're able to get out there and maybe we're not the quickest or not the fastest, but man, they can play angles. They understand the team concept. Uh, right. They understand how we can play together. And in, in doing so, we still have kids who are gaining, you know, uh, garnering accolades. Like I mentioned, you know, we're probably going to have the player of the year this year. We're going to have two first team all conference players like we did last year uh, because they just understand they have to work a little bit harder. And as soon as I get off the phone, I mean, off the zoom with you guys, we're going to have, I got individual film sessions with Elizabeth Kitley, who's going to be the player of the year. My point guard, who's one of the best point guards, because they're just gym rats. And those are the kind of kids that we have to get here. And once we get them here, they love they love their university, they love being Hokies, and they'll fight tooth and nail to go out and get a win. And they're so talented, but they're also so confident. So your philosophy changed uh, there a, a little bit to adjustment from, you know, JMU and the Colonial to the ACC, which you might have to change a little bit because it might be a little bit better competition. How did that change you, you know, and your outlook and where you are now and where you're going tomorrow? What's next in the recruiting process? Because I know national title is always in your eye, uh, but obviously building a good program with good kids and having kids in the Hall of Fame at JMU or Virginia Tech is actually your legacy as well. But, you, you, you know, over the years, we've changed and basketball is changing with the NIL and the oh, portal yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So what are your thoughts around all that? Because it's a different world right now. Uh, it's totally different. When I was at James Madison, you know, that that's home. I could have stayed there forever. And I think a lot of people thought that I was going to stay there forever. But, you know, you know, as a competitor, you get out there and, you know, you're looking down the aisle and, and you're going up against a Debbie Ryan. You know, you're yep. going up against a Sylvia Hatchell and you're having some moderate success against some of those programs. You know, as a competitor, you always wonder, you know, you wonder what it'd be like, okay, to go to the highest level. You know, what if I was at the ACC and what could I do there? And now, you know, I had the opportunity. And uh, as you mentioned before, you know, with Charlottesville being 45 minutes away, it was always a dream to be the head coach at UVA. I uh, wasn't able to get that opportunity. Uh, really, Virginia Tech, it, it wasn't really a destination that I was really looking for until Whip Babcock got here. Uh, your fellow, your fellow, yeah, Blue yeah, 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 your fellow Blue Street competed against Wit in high school. Yeah. Uh, we went, we went to James Madison together. His father was a mentor to me, uh, and so when he got the job here, it became a lot more attractive. And uh, Wit gave me an opportunity to go up against the best. And uh, and so when I got here, you know, now I'm looking down the aisle, and there's you know Muffet McGraw, you know, there there's Jeff Walls, there's the 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 best of the best, and we've gotten to the point where we created a program that is competing with the best of the best. And when I first came to Virginia Tech, the league was like so dominant. We, were, we had national yeah, championship yeah, yeah. teams here. And I kept thinking, man, 
this league is impossible. And you, you know, and you're trying to get it done. Fast forward five years, and me and my assistants, we were, we were trying to compare: is the league was the league better then than it is now? And we came to the conclusion that it's just as good. It may not seem as good because now we're one of the best teams, and people mm, are looking right. up at us. You know, people are chasing us now, and, and, it, and it took a lot to get to that point. And so now what we've done and what we're doing, like Ralph mentioned with, with Lefty, you know, bringing in top 10 guys, we're bringing in top 10 kids to visit our campus. And now when we get those kids, they, they, you combine that with the philosophy that we have with the work ethic in, uh, national championship will be a goal. Mike, I didn't get a chance to play in Castle Coliseum because they wouldn't play us. That we had to go to Rona or <laughs> Richmond and play. So, but I, I've been there. It's all neutral. Game, so it is a great place to play. So I, I, I do that. But they definitely probably need a new uh, uh, makeover at that Coliseum. But the noise level there, I'm sure, was bigger than the one at the Convocation Center. But we talk about facilities, right? And that's just changed dramatically. I know UVA has changed dramatically as well. What do you need now to recruit a kid? To Virginia Tech facility-wise, with what you know, what's across the country? Because we just had a, a weight room back. You know, the weight room in U Hall was not that big. We, we had weight trainers that did every sport. Now you got a weight trainer for every sport, a trainer for every sport. What do you need to recruit a kid today? Not just academically, but athletically at Virginia Tech or any institution out there. Bells, whistles, <laughs> bells, and whistles, and a plan. Yeah, okay, and, all right. And, and when, when I say a plan, I mean. You're, 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 it really is an arms race and you're keeping up with the Joneses. And every, everywhere you go, uh, these kids are venturing out and they're making more unofficial visits than they normally used to. And it's a comparison thing. You go, you go to the JPJ right now. Uh, I think they just renovated their locker room and yeah. you know, uh, they renovated their, their weight room yeah. in a brand new building. And, yeah, yeah. and so, and everyone's trying to outdo the next person and, you know, you like to sell kids on substance and, and, you know, don't look at the shiny new things, but the truth of the matter is it's a comparison. When they go to UVA and they look at the facilities and they come to Virginia Tech, they're going to compare. And I think Witt understands that. And uh, we have a capital campaign that's going on right now to, to improve our facilities, uh, to help with all those things. And, you know, after a while, you like to tell them what we tell them here is that, you know, you can go buy a new house, but after, you know, six months, it's just a home. Yep. You know, what, what's in the home? You know, you don't look at that. You don't look at see if it has crown molding six months after you bought the house. Yep. You know, you don't look to see if it's shiny and new. You, is it comfortable? Do I like what's in the house? Does it feel like home? Um, but I think it's our understanding. And, you know, Ralph, you mentioned the NIL and the portal. I tell you what, I, I am a different coach now than I was five years ago, 10 years ago. You know, my kids from 10 years ago come watch me practice or watch me on the sidelines. And they're like, you're different. <laughs> you have to be if you don't evolve you're going to be kicked out of this thing and uh, right. and, and i think with the more the power transitioning to the players to the athletes uh with the nil you know i don't i don't like the nil i like the way things were because i i value the education that you're able to get um and i think that this this propels you to get that wonderful job we're paying them so much money now we're paying them for this and that these kids it's my job to really educate them. I educate them on where their scholarship comes from. It's not a free education. Someone has to go out and, and get money to pay for that education. Someone, and people are donating their, their good money so that you can go out and, and have these facilities and whatnot. So we really educate our kids 
and then the NIL, whoo, yeah. I mean, these yeah, kids. Yeah, it's a in, whole new world. Oh, it's a whole new world. And, and you have to put them out there and you have to get them opportunities because if you don't, someone else is. And with the portal, kids will leave. It used to be kids were transferring because they weren't playing. Then it evolved to kids are transferring because they weren't scoring. Then it was, then it evolved to kids were transferring because they weren't playing the position that they wanted to play. Mm -hmm. And now it's transitioning to, they just want to try something different. He is Kenny Brooks, the head coach of the Virginia Tech women's basketball program, making a great run. He's going to be in the NCAA. And Kenny, I tell you what, on behalf of Ralph, and I know you guys are are wonderful friends, but uh, I've always valued our friendship and I could talk to you forever and, you know, just try to remember if you've got another lefty Drizel story uh, to call me. But it's uh, it's been just so great to talk to you. I appreciate it. You, you guys, you guys are awesome, man. You guys have been influential in my career. Uh, love, love this. Uh, you guys are wonderful, but it, it took the email from Kathy to really put. And we know, we know how to do it. Virginia homegrown Kenny Brooks, head coach of the Virginia Tech women's program. This is Center Court on the Winter Circle Network, brought to you in part by Ralph Sampson's American Tap Room. We'll be right back. Almost a turnover there, and leaves McKim open the step. Discover the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Approach it like it's a job. This is an assignment. You know, this is your words on a, a videotape or a radio. We're going to be able to listen to it and grade you. Hall of Fame broadcaster Dan Patrick. Anybody can make a big game sound big. Can you make something small sound bigger? That's the challenge. From play-by-play to producing to anchoring. We have your invitation. You should be learning now. You should be progressing. You should be a finished product, at least to the best of your ability, by the time you graduated. We want you already midway, if not all the way through that. So when you come out, you're ready to go and ready to get a job. The Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting is located at Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. It's time for you to discover your next journey. Winter Circle Network and Center Court and uh, Ralph, too much fun. A guy that I've admired, I think, ever since I, I moved to the Valley in 19, you know, 1980. It was in Charlottesville and got to know the people at JMU and what Kenny Brooks has meant to. The players love him and they love to play for him. And you can just hear it uh, and the things he's doing. I mean, he, he's building Virginia Tech into a power. There's no doubt. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it started, like I said, at GMU, but uh, now Virginia Tech and ACC, one of the premier conferences in the world, and he can do it there at Virginia Tech. It shows how good he is, but his upbringing from his family to his coaches, to him standing in the gym, to his grades. I mean, the story is amazing. And then he actually, Mike, you know, just brought me back to my roots again in the Valley mm-hmm. League, playing against, you know, Waynesboro, Little Giants, RE League at that point in time was the school now Stanton high school to all the rivals we had. I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a good time. And uh, so memories are, are, are just jumping around right now just because of this interview. And he's a great guy. He's a really yeah, good guy. Yeah. We wish him, uh, we wish him all the best in the postseason because they're certainly uh, going to land a bid into that uh, in the women's field. Well, coming up a couple of things, uh, Ralph's going to have a busy March. Uh, I guess we first will talk about your tournament uh horizon's edge again is going to be the site you've got a what with uh you're working with big shots correct 
Yeah, so you know, Jeff Snyder, I don't know, Mac, you remember that name? He yeah. played at Virginia Tech. He played right. at Virginia Tech. So, you know, he, he'll tell you that we beat him pretty bad every time we played him. But <laughs> he and his son, they created this big shot thing. They've been doing this thing for yeah, they got over like 40,000 kids in their program. But uh, we 40, teamed up 40,000. 40,000. 40, you know, it's, it's a crazy number. And they've been doing these high end camps and tournaments uh, for a number of years. So we partnered a number of months ago. And now that Horizon's Edge in Harrisonburg, Virginia area, uh, we are doing this tournament uh, the 26th and 27th of March. So I'm looking forward to that, partnering with him. And uh, maybe we can get him on to talk about some time that we beat them at UVA when he was playing. <laughs> but it was good. It was Does the fun. tournament have your name on it? Or are you just working? Yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Ralph Sampson Big Shots tournament, yes. Oh, they can go on awesome. our Sampson Basketball Academy .com website and, and link to our events and see it there and sign up. I guess you are closer. I know we talk about it every week that Ralph Sampson's American tap room is almost a reality, right? In, in the month and, of March. And the reality is live, live and kicking. So think like the uh, March the 21st, we project, but we'll keep you guys posted out there that we'll do our soft openings and be open for dinner. But Mike, think the 21st and then the 26th, that's the same week. So I got a busy week that week uh, coming up and it's going to be fun to, uh, to, to get it out. Be busy. Things will get faster. But we'll keep you guys posted for the grand opener restaurant. Uh, stay tuned for some social media posts because uh, I'll start putting pictures up, other restaurant before and after. But it's going to be fun, 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 and I'm looking forward to. It. I'm not, I'm not uh, excited about it as you can maybe tell or not. But because the date may change, so then I'll just take the my, the gas out of my engine. <laughs> and uh, I'll have to get really excited again, but I, I'm good. I'm good. Simply, you're in the middle of a firestorm. That's Center Court on the Winter Circle Network for this week, brought to you in part by Ralph Sampson's American Tap Room. Have a great week. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winter Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.